0: Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Memories can be very powerful. And, you know, spiritual memories, you can, you can, you start to ponder those things. You can step back into that moment again. And um, I remember we had a, um, we invited, this was years ago. It was actually, I believe it was September, either late, September, yeah, September early September 1994. And um, we invited a special guest to come to a, a weekend of meetings at our church. Her name was Suzette Hatting. And she was a German lady, a big, tall German lady, who was the intercessory leader for the Reinhardt Bunky Crusades in Africa. And um, she would teach on, she'd go before, when, when Reinhardt would go into a region, she'd go before him and, and teach on intercession to the pastors and to the churches. And they'd have intercessory prayer meetings before each of the crusades that he was doing all over Africa. And she was going to come to our church, and she was going to do a Friday night, all day Saturday, and then Sunday, all day Sunday, in our church, and recorded video. I had TV crew and the whole coming in to record this, um, these meetings. And, um, you know, our, th- there was like the week after we'd, I'd gotten touched in the meetings in, in um, Rockwell, Texas. And, you know, I'd been totally affected. Our church had been affected. But it was like, you know, one week later, you know. And, and I remember when um, she was coming, I was, th- I was thinking, you know, well, what's it going to be like? What's, what's going to happen here? You know, and is she going to get offended? Is, 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 what's this week going to be like? And one of our ministers, um, lady pastors, picked her up at the airport and started asking her questions. And she started laughing. She says, you know, I'm so relieved. She says, I just, I'm just flying here from, I've spent this last week at the airport church in Toronto. <laughs> Some of you know what that means. Some of you may not know what that means, but the, the move of God had broken out in, their, in Toronto in 94 of that year, and it was just full on. And um, so when she came here, it was just like throwing gas into the fire, the two rivers, you know, I remember a prophecy that night about the rivers. Of, of, of revival converging for a great move of God in the last days, and and what an inc- I remember all all that whole weekend. I remember She called me up for prayer, and I got annihilated. And um, and um, she, the, all week long, she's teaching, and she kept saying she'd stop in the middle of her sermon. And she kept saying, "What will Reinhardt say? What will Reinhardt say?" She kept saying that over and over again. It was it was it was awesome. It was an awesome awesome weekend, but. That the point, the reason I even brought up that memory is that weekend was one of those awesome, unexpected surprises from God for me. I love those surprises. Maybe you need a surprise. You know, maybe, maybe your life is kind of, you're done, you know, you're in the humdrum, you're in the r- routine, you're stuck in a rut or whatever it is. You know, you don't have to go away to get surprised. God can come, right? He knows your address. And he can, he, can, he can move right, and, may, and you never know, maybe today he has designated as a day of personal visitation in your life, whatever that means and whatever that looks like it's between you and God. But he, maybe he's got a, a time of personal, how, how do you know if that's true? Well, if your heart's thumping on the inside right now and there's a burning anticipation and a desire, Lord, I need you in my life. And if you're not just looking at your watch saying, man, I need to go to Shoney's bed, you know, whatever. (laughs) So we're going to, I'm going to minister this morning. The thing that I emphasize in our church is the word and the spirit. This morning, I'm going to preach about the word of God. Tonight, I'm going to preach about the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm expecting God to do some awesome things all day long. Um... I was supposed to mention before. I'm sorry. Before I get carried away, there's they have. I guess the youth are getting ready to go on a retreat. They've they've gonna they cooked up a bunch of red beans and rice. They'll be out, out outside after church. If you want to get that, take a take home meal. For, that'd be awesome. And they're gonna also have a bunch of books and stuff out there. For it's gonna be awesome afterward. After afterwards, so you can go out there afterwards. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for your your word is sharper than a two edged sword. Lord, we see this picture, Lord, that John saw in the book of Revelation, Lord, of your return. And Lord, he saw this, this sword, incredible sword coming out of your mouth, the sword of the Spirit. Lord, he saw your face. It was like, like a lightning bolt. Your eyes were like lightning bolts. Your face was like the sun, Lord, and its strength. Father God, Lord, that's who Jesus, that's who you are. You are this resurrected one. Lord, your word is full of power, Lord God. But I pray your word would just in, in, in just uh, in, in capture us this morning. Your word would penetrate our lives. Lord Jesus, it would cut away the stuff that doesn't belong there and would deposit, Lord, the richness, the richness of Christ himself. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, you know that I was um, thinking about, about, Dick, about Dick Mills when I started thinking about this message and about how he... Started his ministry as a teenager. He started. He felt impressed of the Lord to start memorizing promises. He used to talk about memorizing thirty thousand promises from the Bible and Scripture, and from different versions and different translations. And 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 he he had no idea what what God was preparing for him. He was hiding God's word away in his heart, and God was preparing for him an unusual ministry. And and what started to happen is he got these these scriptures in his memory bank and inside and became part of his memory and part of his life and when he would find himself praying for someone different scriptures would just start to to come to the surface and he'd give and, and just share the scripture with the individual and it was it was supernatural it was spontaneous and it was God speaking his word as prophetic utterances over people's lives and that's how his ministry, it, was, it wasn't something he planned to do. It was something that, that happened by the Spirit. And it's, it's a beautiful picture of the, the power of God's Word and the power of God's Spirit. Now, you know, in his, if you go back and study history, the world had fallen into a, a, an incredibly dark time in what they call the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages. And, and one of, one of the, the vessels that the Lord used to begin to, to bring his, his light back into our world was, a, was an Augustinian monk by the name of Martin Luther. And Martin Luther was, you know, he was away in some monastery somewhere. And, and even in those days, the, the, the Bible wasn't a language that people could read. Many people weren't educated enough to read. And, and, and even the priests weren't reading the Bible. They were reading all the other religious things, the other religious publications that their church had put out. And um, for some well, we know the reason, but Luther found himself attracted to the scriptures, and he started reading and studying the scriptures, and it was through reading the scriptures that he began to discover salvation by grace through faith. He saw the, the righteousness of God was not something that we did, but it was a, a gift that we received, and it was received by faith, and it was totally given to us by God, and it was a, it was a life-changing revelation for him. And because of that life-changing revelation, he began to discover one of the most important truths, one of the most important building blocks in our Christian life, is that God speaks to us today. God speaks to individuals today, and he speaks most of the time, the majority of the time, the huge majority of the time, God speaks to us today through his written word. That's how he speaks. He speaks from the reading of this word and the preaching of this word. It's the word of God. This is is the way God speaks to us. And when we, when, we, we, when we come to that conclusion, it brings us to a place of, of putting the Word of God as a priority in, a li- in our life, place of enjoyment in our life, and it brings us to a place of protection and, and security from being distracted and being deceived and getting off track by listening to, to humans rather than listening to the Word of God. If you hear anybody preach anything from me to anybody else, if you can't confirm it in the Word of God, throw it out. Amen. So, anyway, the past, so I want to talk to you about this. Now, Luther had, um, so he started writing about his, about his discovery, and he became a professor in the university in, in Germany. It wasn't Germany at the time, it was Saxony. And he was teaching in, in, in Saxony in this university, and he started to teach these young, the next generation of, of priests and monks. About, about the Bible and about salvation by grace through faith and about the importance of the word of God. And suddenly he was, he was arrested and brought on trial and he was brought before the, the cardinals and before the holy Roman emperor, the two most powerful entities in the world at the time. And they were demanding. They had all of his books in front of him. And they were, they were asking him if he wrote these books. And if he was when he said, yes, he did, he said, well, they were demanding that he recant everything that he had written in those books. And he said, I can't. I can't. This is what I am. I can't recant what I've written. This is, this is what I am. This is what I believe. And he said, this is, this is God's word. And he finally said, here, here I stand. This is where I make my stand. And what happened for, you know, by, by the grace of God, the, the, the head of Saxony, I don't know the way the government was set up at that time, but the, one of the, the regional heads, a prince or a duke, began to be attracted to Luther, took him, actually uh, brought him into exile, um, kidnapped him and took him into exile, put him in some fortress somewhere for the next three years. And those three years changed the world. Because during that time, he started to translate the Bible Into the language of the people. People began to read the Bible for themselves. And when people began to read the Bible for themselves, they started to get saved. The churches started to change. And then this young man by the name of William Tyndale from England, he had a vision. He wanted every young farmer, every young plowboy in England to be able to have the Bible in his own language. And he heard about this Lutheran in Saxony. He made a trip over there and began to study with him. And he began to translate the Bible into to the, this book. And this, this book today, whatever translation you're reading out of the English language, the foundation was what happened between those meetings with Tyndale and with Luther. The world began to change. Why did it change? Because the Word of God is alive. It's sharper than a two edged sword. If you'll read it, if you'll embrace it, if you'll take it into your bosom, it'll change your life as well. It'll change everything about your life. The Bible is powerful, the Bible is alive. Let me share some thoughts with you with the Bible. We're going to take communion in a few minutes, but I want to share with you some thoughts about the Word of God, from the Word of God. Paul said in Romans 1, 16 and 17, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I have to be able to say that in my life. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the message of the Bible. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Paul said. He said, why am I not ashamed? For in the gospel, you find the the power of God. The power of God is in his word. The word power, dunamis, means miracle power, supernatural power, life-changing power. There's power in this word to change everything to change your your inner man, to cause your inner man to be born again as you receive the Word of God implanted in your soul. You'll be born again. As the Word begins to get into your mind, it'll change the way you think. It'll drive out depression and renew your thought life and change everything about you. As the Word of God gets in your soul, it'll it'll begin to affect your whole soulish realm. You'll begin to live a life of, of joy and peace rather than fear and negative thinking and negative living. The Word of God will even begin to affect your body. It's powerful. It's like medicine, Proverbs said. It's medicine for your flesh. The Word of God will begin to bring your, your body into subjection and bring healing power to every cell of your body. God's Word is alive. Jesus spoke His Word when He was here on the earth, walking as a man amongst us, and He spoke the Word, drove out demons, and healed the sick because there's power in the Word of God. There's power. It's it's the power of God to what? Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God to salvation. The word salvation, soteria, or sozo, it means wholeness. Salvation for the whole man. Salvation for your spirit. Salvation for your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Salvation and wholeness for your body. The word of God is able to affect all three parts of who you are. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Soak in the Scriptures. Get under the influence of the Word of God on a daily basis. It's like medicine. It's like power. It's like being filled with God's divine energy. It's the power of God. Oh, so I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the Gospel. I don't care what people say. Yeah, I don't care what people say. Oh yeah, over that Victory Church, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm about ready to serve some more Kool-Aid in a minute here. I've been drinking this Kool Aid for 40 years and I like it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first. And also for the Greek, the Greek was Paul's word for the Gentiles, the non-Jews, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God, then this was life-changing, this is the verse that changed Luther's life, the righteousness of God is revealed, none of us can live the righteous, standard life of our holy God but we are, we are declared righteous. We are counted righteous by our faith in the work of Christ at the cross. As we celebrate communion this morning, we are declaring it's not by works of righteousness, which I have done, but it's according to His mercy, my faith in His blood, and His death on the cross. God has deemed me righteous and transformed my life. For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written and here's this is the beautiful part the just shall live by faith then we begin to take on this this life of faith this life of faith in God's word and not only are we counted righteous by faith he begins to to rub off on us And we begin to change our lifestyle. We begin to change the things that we love. We're no longer digging around in the filthiness of this world. But our lives are transformed by the word of God, by the power of his holy words. And we begin to live by faith. The word of God is actually God's revelation of himself. I love this. It's God's revelation of Himself. This, this was this was a, a great a great lesson that I learned from reading. I, I learned this this idea or this this thought about the Word of God from reading about 15 years ago, Jonathan Edwards. It really affected my life, affected my view of the Trinity, affected the way I can relate to our, my Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And you know, I, because you know, like all of us, we're we start taking on Christianese, Christian language. And a lot of times, we might not even know what we're saying when we say, you know, I, oh, I believe, this is the, this is, I believe that Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. And I didn't, you know, I always said that, Jesus is the Word, and the Word became flesh. I didn't have any idea what that meant. In, in this, this scripture, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, the Word, of course, the only, the only explanation of this, the, a, the, word a word is a, is a verbalized thought, that's what the, that's what a word is. You think a thought and you speak it. Well, in the beginning, the only the only person having thoughts in the beginning was God. So the word was was God's thought, was God's God's idea, and the word that became flesh was God's idea or thought or imagination of Himself. It was God verbalizing Himself of this is this is who I am. I am. And Jesus said it when they were looking, show us the Father, and it'll be enough for us. Well, ha- how long have I been with you, and you do not know me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the, the Father's expression of himself. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Father's idea. He is the, exp- the full expression of who He is, is seen in the second person of the Godhead, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the, the revelation of God the Father. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God's. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the Word, the Father's idea of Himself, the Word took on human flesh. The father's idea of himself became a man and lived amongst us, lived amongst us, performed miracles, laid his life down as a sacrifice, as a representative of the human race, was risen from the dead, sat down at the right hand of the father. He is the word who became flesh. He dwelt among us. And John said, John said, we beheld his glory. I saw his glory. John, if you, if you asked him, well, what did you, what did you mean, John? Well, well, I was there when John the Baptist baptized him. I saw the glory of God come upon him. I was there when he turned the, the water into wine in Cana of Galilee. I saw the glory of God on his life. I was there when he raised that little boy, the widow of Nain's son. I was there. When he spoke to the prostitute and said her sins were forgiven. Go and sin no more. I was there when he took the little boy's lunch and he multiplied it. I was there when he spoke to the storm and it was still. I was there when he caused Lazarus to come up from the grave after four days. I was there when he walked on the water. I saw these. I saw his glory. I was there on the Mount of Transfiguration when I saw Elijah and Moses. And I saw Christ and his glory transfigured before us. I saw His glory as the only begotten of the Father. Now, here's the beauty of this. We may not have seen Jesus Christ in the flesh. I haven't seen Him in the flesh, but I've seen Him. I see Him every day with the eyes of my heart, and it's real to me. It's real to me. I, I, I see him every day when I open this book and I start to read it from, from Genesis to Revelation. Christ walks through every scripture. His, he's, in, he's ingrained. This book is the revelation of who Christ is, the word of the Father. This is the word of God. The written word is God's idea of himself expressed in this book. And it's him expressing himself to us through this book. And as we read it, it enters into our life and it brings life to us. This book is incredible. This, li- this book is revelation. This is not the words of a man. These are the words of God. And They're awesome. It's God's revelation. of himself. I love the Word of God. It's alive and active. The Word of God is a living thing. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Oh, I love the cleansing power of the Word of God. His Word cleanses us. You know, I, I thought of this example last night, you know, you've heard me tell this tree planting stories when Paris and I were in Bible school, we had a reforestation business that was connected to the Bible school to support the ministry and, and um, I got um, kind of stuck on the tree planting team because I made the mistake of planting way too many trees and they wouldn't send me back because I was bringing in money for the, and I, you know, I would, I would try to stop planting trees so I could go back and I'd get convicted and so I'd... It was it was quite a dilemma to be in, but the the Lord used it to bring incredible breaking and discipline in my life, which I needed in a huge way. I needed it bad. I needed to be broken. I don't know about you, and none of us really want to admit it, but but I was full of myself, and I needed I needed some of the cross in my life, and so I was there for seven months planting trees. We were in, living in, t- camp, in a camp. We had, it was my wife and our newborn son, Jeremy, was with us. We were living up in Coos Bay or near Coos Bay and then Chehalis and then um, Klamath Falls and, um, in the wintertime, planting trees in a tent, in an army pub t- tent with a little camp of us, about, about uh, 20 or 30 of us were up there at a time. And um, the blessing was, you know, we lived about two hours away from the town up in, this, in these tent camps. And the blessing was on Saturday nights, we'd get to drive to town to take a bath. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. That means the other days, you didn't get one of those. Set by Saturday nights, ripe. It's not, now I'm telling you, it's not good for relationships. It's not good to be enclosed in these crew cabs with seven other guys that stink like high heaven. It's not a good thing. It's not good. And, in, now know, as, as I, was, I, was, I was pondering those precious memories the other day. Precious memories, how they linger. I'm sure you've never heard that song. Precious memories. They were lingering on my brain, thinking about those, those stinking tree planters in those, in those crew cabs. And I begin to think about some Christians that I've smelt recently. Whoa. Now, they take, they take natural baths every day, but some of them hadn't had a spiritual bath in quite a while. And we are to have, as a Christian, we are taught by God to have daily hygiene. Daily, to wash, to brush your, to get your mouth cleansed, wash it out with, some, with the Word of God. Cleanse yourself. Cleanse yourself. Pray in tongues. Read Read the Scriptures. Now, this says in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the words. How can a young man cleanse his way? How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your words? Jesus said in John 15, 3, you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. So there is a washing there's a spiritual bath. One of the beautiful benefits of this living word is we get under the influence of it. And, and let's face it, we're out there every day. We're hanging around people. We have people talking trash at work, the radio, the television, the, the, the billboards, whatever it is. It's a constant barrage by the culture. And if you are not under the influence regularly. It's a gradual turning, and you, be, you take on the nature, the beliefs, even subconsciously, and you're not even aware of it. And you begin to change what, who you are and what you believe, so you look back, and you're not even near the same person you used to be. You need a bath, my friend. I mean, every day. Come on, every day. Get, in, get under the influence of the Word of God. It'll cleanse your th- And then you start to be bright and clean, and, and you get brainwashed, I, I used to love this. One of the, I, I don't say it too much anymore. Today they're saying I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Back then they used to say I was brainwashed back 20 years ago, 40 years ago. Oh, you're brainwashed. And, you know, I used to be af- offended by that until I finally came to the conclusion, yeah, you're right, I am brainwashed. I'm absolutely brainwashed. Willingly and happily, I'm brainwashed. Because my, my brain was a cesspool. It was a cesspool like yours is. And it, now it's being washed every day. It's, at least I know who's washing. It's right here. It's the gospel. It's the Pauline epistles washing my brain. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John washing my ba- brain. It's Isaiah and David washing my brain. I'm getting under the influence on a daily basis. And it's good, and I like it. Amen. A couple other thoughts here, and then we're going to... The healing power of God's Word. God's Word is... His power It it's, heals our body. It heals us totally um, you know, there's this, I'll, let me tell you this one story, the, the story of the um, centurion, most of you know this guy, he's a, a Roman centurion, over a hundred men, and he heard about Jesus and he had a servant who was, had this, this par- paralytic disease, and obviously it was, he was in pain, and it, it doesn't say if the pain was from the disease or if, it says he was being tormented, We don't know if it was being tormented by demons or, or just the pain of the particular de- debilitating disease that he had, and he, he was, he, he, he sent, actually, if you read it, the account in Luke, he sent servants. He sent these Jewish elders to Jesus. And he didn't feel like he could go to Jesus. And he sent these elders to Jesus. And he said, Lord, I, I, I want you to heal my son, my, my servant. He's sick. And the Lord told him, he said, I'm, well, I'm going to come to your house. And he said, Don't, you can't come to my house. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But he said, but, he said I'm a man under authority. I'm under the authority of the Roman, the, 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 the Roman Caesar in Rome, and, 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 and I have these men under my authority. Whatever I say, they're going to do it. They have to obey me to the death. I'm a man under authority. I speak the word. He says, you also are a man under authority. I know that sickness and disease listens to your word. You just speak the word. You just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus turned to the people following him. said, He said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel he says, I'm, and he, he said, I'm, he said go, go your way, your servant's healed. And his servant was healed. Now, the, the point of the story, of course, was, was our faith in the word of God, believing God's word, standing on God's word, speaking God's word over our circumstances. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what the circumstances look like, get in the scriptures, wash your brain, cleanse out the negativity, cleanse out the unbelief. And here's a, a great suggestion. You know, my, my wife and I have had a number of, of friends and people that we know and, and uh, the people that, are, that we, we love that are, that are facing tragic sicknesses right now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, we, want, we pray for them in, a, in asking God for the supernatural. And at the same time, we're sitting there, God, thank you so much for health and my body. Thank Amen. you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for a long life. Thank you that you your healing powers in my body. And, and I want to just give you a word of encouragement. Don't wait till the storm comes to try to build your house. Build it now. Get a hold of God's word. Go s- search the scriptures. Get the healing words in your heart. Meditate on the word of God. Build your faith up in the scripture. It's powerful. Study the scriptures. It'll, it'll bring life to you. I need to, I need to finish up. We're going to take communion. I want to, I want to read one last, um, one last scripture before we, before we close. And this is, this is important. Hiding the word in our hearts. This is where we started. And this is where the whole lesson. This is, you know, the, the great example of this, of course, is Dick Mills. As a teenager, he began to hide the word in his heart. And it not only kept him pure throughout his life, but it also launched him into his to God's, God's profession for his life. Now, if you start doing the same things that, that, that Dick did, you're probably not going to end up with the same results because God has a different plan for you. But what will happen is the word will begin to take action in your life It'll begin to manifest itself in the very way that he intends for you to fulfill God's purposes and God's dream in your life. And this is, this is what it says in Psalms 119, verse 11, your word... Have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you? Now, that's powerful. That's, I want to be able to say that. I've, Lord, I, I've, I've hidden your word in my heart that I won't fall into compromise and destroy your testimony in my life. You see, at the end of the day, it's not our testimony that's at stake. It's the testimony of Jesus. You know, it's not about us. It's about the testimony of Jesus, to honor Him and to honor what He's doing in our lives. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.